I'm Amanda Wagner. And I'm Liz Pittman. And this is the Amanda Wagner Podcast. This podcast is the place for born leaders who are hungry to do something big, something that matters, and who are tired of waiting for an invitation to change the world. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges of bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically, and we share our experiences as women with impatient ambition. The world has enough fluff. This is your invitation to bring your worth to the world and do something that matters. In this episode, we talk about my personal experience of getting fired or laid off or whatever you want to call it in a little bit of a different format than usual. We share some of the ways we've helped people around us bounce back or finding their way after losing a job or changing careers. And we dig into some of the resentments and all of the feelings around past jobs, people and work environments. And, you know, we touch a little bit on revenge because we are still humans. And in the brilliant words of Leanne Moriarty, I love my grudges. I tend to them like pets. (laughs) And in WWAWD, we answer Kim's question about how to calm down and kick butt during a Zoom presentation. If you have ever been laid off from a job, uh, join me. I was laid off for the first time just over three years ago, and welcome to this stage of life. We have Kleenex, voodoo dolls, dartboards, gin, whatever it takes. It is not an easy experience for anyone. And if you are like me, being laid off brought up every foul memory of rejection or being rejected. So every relationship that didn't work, every time I said the wrong thing, it basically brought up a highlight reel in my mind of all the things I said or did and how they might have impacted the decision about letting me go. Three years later, I still experience this sometimes. I experience it a little bit less, but it definitely comes up. In the last two weeks, I have seen two staples in the media in Edmonton be laid off. And when anybody in the public space is laid off, there's an extra level of accountability where people, of course, want to know what's happening. And because social media exists, everybody kind of wants the hot goss. While my layoff was certainly more private and my circumstances were not public, my heart still sank for these two people. Two people in public who were not only known for their jobs, but who openly talked about how much they loved their jobs and radiated in that joy. You could tell that they were lit up when they were doing their best work. And I know what that feels like. When I was laid off, I I was on the top of my game. I loved what I was doing. I had just closed my first six-figure deal for the company, and it really broke my heart. And I felt destroyed. Typically in podcast episodes, we prepare a bit of a skeleton and we go through some of the points that I want to hit on. But knowing how personal this topic is, I actually asked LP to go into her journalism mode and frame it more as an interview style because I've asked her to prepare some questions that I don't know we're coming because I know what an emotional experience it can be to be laid off. And I want to kind of tap into what that feels like now, what it felt like then, and not give you the scripted version of being laid off. So I'm going to turn it over to Liz. 
You had talked about all of the feelings that you had when this first happened, but I want to kind of, I want to get a little more granular there. You're already grabbing the Kleenex. I, I'm probably <laughs> going to grab mine on my hand, but I, I want to talk about what that process was. Was it a feeling of being numb at first? Did you cry for days? Did you throw up? How did you move through all of those feelings? Were there various stages? D, all of the above. Um, as soon as I got into work and for some context, I had just come back from a three week vacation in Europe to celebrate my 30th birthday. It was wonderful. It was Robin's first time overseas and came back, came into work that day feeling amazing. And my boss came to me and said, Hey, how was your trip? And I said, great. Let me tell you about it. And I went to put my stuff down at my desk and he said, Oh, just come here for a moment. I said, okay, sure. And I put my bag down and he said, no, bring your stuff. And I asked him, I said, are you firing me? Which again, I mean, for better or worse, I am a bold person who usually just says what I think. And he said, just come here. And I followed him into the office and the other co-founder was sitting there too. And I knew what it was. There had been other people in the company who had been laid off. And so as soon as he started talking about, you know, changes being made in the company and how they're restructuring, I stopped him and said, I need, I need you to pause for a second. I need to call Robin because we carpooled to work together. He had just dropped me off and then was going to keep going. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I needed him to come back. So I cried in the office. There were some moments where I asked him to just stop speaking for a second. I'm like, I just need to take a second to process. At one point, I remember getting a little bit snarky and citing, but I'm at 119% of my sales goal. I'm the strongest person on this team. And I said, you're keeping her and not me. Like I got to this ugly place of attack and Finally, once that experience wrapped up, and the one thing that I suppose I have to appreciate is that it had been probably 15 or 20 minutes. And he said to, to give me dignity, he's like, I think we should go outside now. Like, here's your paperwork. Let's wrap this up so that I didn't have to face all my other coworkers coming into the office. So I left in tears. I didn't take any of my stuff from work, like nothing from my desk. I just walked out and I just sank in the alley outside, outside the building. And I just sat there and I called Robin. I called my parents. I called my sister and Robin came and picked me up. We went for a coffee and I just sat and cried. And finally he took me home and I had to stop twice on the way home to throw up. And I've never been one of those people that is like, oh, I was, I was so tired. I threw up. That's not an experience I've ever had. And I remember saying like, I need you to pull the car over twice. And we, we laugh at it now because there, there are two kind of notable spots that we drive by often. And one of them is this like janky pub that, we laugh and say, you know, we pulled over there. I was throwing up there by myself at 1030 in the morning on a Wednesday. And the joke was that I'm not the only person who's thrown up outside that janky bar at 1030 in the morning on a Wednesday. 
Um, so there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of throwing up. And in in the coming days, there was a there was a numbness. There was a, a lot of anger, and so much rationalization. I started going through what are all of the things that I could have said or done that contributed to this. And I really went into proving mode where I'm like, I need to prove that I was so good and that this doesn't make any sense. And about a week later, I started applying for other jobs because I just couldn't sit anymore. So when you started going into that proving mode and then immediately jumped into applying for jobs, what's at this point, what's your confidence level? Because I imagine it wasn't great for a few days. How did you flip the switch and start applying for jobs so quickly? It was tanked. There was no confidence when I was applying to jobs and I was applying to jobs that I didn't really want either. I was applying to jobs that I thought, you know, I can do this. So for example, I applied for a job at Aritzia. I applied for a job styling mannequins for Simon's because I was kind of entering this fashion styling space while I was still at the company thinking, maybe this is something I want to do. And I would say that that was a really important thing for me to do, to get back on the horse and update the resume. I hadn't worked anywhere else for three and a half years. So for me, it was about finding some way to take action. But even now when people ask me, you know, I, I lost my job, what do I do? And I said, like, take some space. If you can afford it, if you are supported in some way, take some space before rushing to apply to jobs. And I didn't get any of the jobs that I applied for either. So I always kind of have to laugh at that going, not only did I not really want them, I just needed to fill the time. I also wasn't their prime candidate for some reason. You said your confidence was tanked. How long did it take to recover that and to top up the tank? And then part two of my question is when there are instances in your current business where you lose a client or you have a moment where things don't go the way they should, do you feel some of those feelings that you had when the confidence was being chipped away at after, after losing this job? Absolutely. I mean, to part two of your question, it certainly comes back losing a client and not even losing a client contracts ending feels like a loss. Anytime there's this sense of, of rejection or like, Oh, our contract finished and no, we're just not going to continue. It feels heavier for some reason because it pulls out these memories of I wasn't good enough and I didn't perform well enough because I love to go to that rational side of the brain. Truthfully, I've spent many an hour in therapy talking about this. I've written the unsendable letter to my boss asking all the questions that, that I have. And at one point with my therapist, I remember her saying, is it time to face that this might've been a personal decision? And that gutted me the most because on paper, I could not find a reason. So facing that it was personal and that I wasn't a good fit, I then felt taken advantage of, especially because my performance was so good. And I continue to dabble in this, do I want to know? Do I not want to know why it happened? And so, so every kind of 
minor blip like that feels like a big rejection and takes me back there. For the first part of your question, as far as how do I refill my confidence or how long did it take to do that? One commitment that I had made when I started my business and it was, so I was let, I was laid off on August 3rd on September 8th. I was at my friend's kitchen table and she was like, you can do this. You've got something here as far as customer experience, teaching other people how to sell, building meaningful relationships. And October 6th, I launched. And my goal was to make a thousand dollars by Christmas. That was my goal. I said, if I can do that, then I can prove that I've got something here. And I believe that nobody is too good to work retail. Nobody is too good to work in food service. So if that meant I got a job at Starbucks to make my thousand dollars, then great. But this was me putting my foot in the world of entrepreneurship. And I signed my first contract in mid-October for $3,000. And that's when I got feisty. That was the turning point of confidence because as somebody with big ambition, I said, I'll write $1,000 by Christmas. Let's try 10. And that is what's kept my hunger going. Money is not the only thing that, it, that is important to me, but it was a beautiful, tangible way to measure it. And what I loved is that my clients didn't care where my past job was. They didn't know me from that. There was no like, oh, you're the girl from this company because I was in a different industry. So in some ways, I really got this fresh start with people who were not only willing to take a chance on me and hire me and give me money, but who thought that my experience spoke for itself. Did your experience of being let go and then moving through all of that, thinking about whether it was a personal decision or whether it was how you were doing professionally, has that experience shaped how you approach teams that you're working with? So uh, for those that are unfamiliar with the compliment, Amanda does a lot of training with teams about building good teams and keeping your employees and employee engagement and employee retention. Do your past experiences color some of the, the tools and the lessons that you're teaching your clients? 100% yes. And a wonderful client of mine who has become a friend when the pandemic happened, inevitably she had to lay people off and she called me to talk about it. And I, I had a, I had a real hard moment of like, Oh, the tables have turned, but I talked her through what this could look like. And she asked me, how do you know this? How are you so good at it? And I said, because I've been on the other side of it. I've been on the other side when it was done poorly. And I read something or heard something beautiful about culture, which I will dig up and we can include in the show notes, but it was this idea around how your company culture is like the water around fish. And so when you're a fish, you're swimming in the water, you don't notice that something's wrong until the water is cloudy until there's color in the water. And they talk about company culture as in everything seems fine until it's not. So I really do work with teams on creating intentional spaces for company culture to be built. And sometimes changing up your team is inevitable. 
but it also means the the inverse is true when you have incredible team members you treat them like gold because those are the people that also treat your customers like gold so i definitely approach my experiences with teams the experiences they create within their team and for their customers through this lens of what have been my experiences in that type of environment we talked on the podcast before about the gift of anxiety and how we all have or many of us have those moments where we lie in bed at night and, and think about a conversation we had, you know, eight and a half years ago <laughs> and how <laughs> you wish you would have said something different. Do you still have moments where you're working through this? In a couple of minutes, we'll talk about how long you've been an entrepreneur and this wonderful timeline that you're on now. But do you have those moments where you think back and you see yourself at your desk at this old job or in a conversation in the coffee room and think about how maybe if you had done that differently, your life would be much different now? All the time. Yeah. Uh, the company that I worked at was a startup company in the education technology space. I was a teacher. I'd done my master's in ed psych, so it was a very natural fit for me. And I had visions of everybody's dream startup company experience, which for me is like the last scene of Ocean's Eleven where they have successfully robbed the casinos and every person is at the Bellagio water show walking away with their duffel bags of cash. And this was something that I used to talk to my, my CEO, my boss, my work best friend about, I'm like, okay, we'll see you at the Bellagio in a couple of years when our company is bought out and we IPO and we all make bank on this. And we've like changed the world and impacted the way people think about education. And so to not have that, be a reality gutted me. That said, I have some moments now where I really have to think, would I have left? They made a decision for me. They told me I wasn't part of their team anymore. And if they hadn't done that, how long would I have stayed? I loved my job, but oh God, do I love what I'm doing now so much more. And even in you know titling the episode when i was talking through this with with robin in preparation i said i lost like i lost my job but oh man did i win uh that is a decision that i probably wouldn't have made i probably wouldn't have left that job i would have made more money i would have been able to travel more at that point i was going to europe two or three times a year i was meeting clients in wonderful places and built these incredible relationships, I probably wouldn't have left. And so I won't go so far as to thank them for making the decision for me, but I definitely took the loss and have made it my win. I'm coming out on top of this one. So with the experience that you have, when you have conversations with people, or if we have WWAWDs that come in and someone's just been let go, what advice do you give them? Take your time if you can. I was paid out well. And Robin, my therapist, people that were close to me said, take the time. You're being paid out. Take the time. And I rushed it. I rushed it because I had something to prove. And so I would say, you don't have to rush into anything if your circumstances allow, which I know that is not the reality for everyone. So if they do take some time. And 
even though it might not feel like an opportunity, it is an opportunity to step back. And an exercise I often do with my clients is called the three A's. And I first get them to write down everything they can do, right? So that, so that first A is about ability, everything they can do. Then I get them to go through with a, a marker and say, now I want you to go through everything you love to do. So let's talk about the artistry. And that final one, as I say, take one more pass with a different color highlighter. And I want to talk about affluence, the third A. What makes you money? Because I want people who are looking at new careers to examine what can you do, what do you love to do, and what makes you money. And that is the trifecta where magic happens. I think if you are incredibly passionate about something and can do it, but it's not going to make you any money, okay, then let's find a different way to make money so you can still do that. Um, so I, I suggest paying attention to those three things. But the number one is take some space, find your people, and resist the urge to text all your old coworkers. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of good that comes from it sometimes. In fairness, one of my former coworkers is a great friend of mine. Um, I was laid off in August and in... January, I got a message from Eric that said, hey, I joined your club. And he had also been laid off. And he was the DJ at our wedding. Him and I still see each other, talk to each other. He's, He's a great DJ. Oh, Eric will be pleased to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a wonderful human being. And, and so I really have to resist talking to people who still work there, which is hard because I had a work best friend. And him and I had a really wonderful experience together and it's been challenging. It's certainly been challenging. And I have to resist the urge to look at that website, to look at the about page and see the staff changes and who took my old job. And I just can't do it. So I I can't put myself in the line of fire. I'm only going to feel shitty. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to transition from talking about the past to talking about the future because wonderful things are on tap for AW and I'd love for you to tell our listeners what uh, important day is coming up, AW. Uh, April 20th, 2021. So if you know me personally, you know that I now celebrate August 3rd. It's my fire anniversary. Every year I take the day off. I go to a coffee shop or I go for lunch. I treat myself to a day off. I find a beautiful piece of jewelry or something special to mark the occasion because it really is, again, it's my loss that became a win. And so I celebrate how far I've come from that. April 20th, 2021 marks the day that I will have been an entrepreneur running my own two businesses for longer than I was at that company. I was at my last job. I did the math for 1,291 days. I was there for three years, six months, and 14 days. And on April 20th of next year, I will have been doing this for 1,292 days. And I want to believe that this is going to be a day of great freedom. Liz is just glowing across the screen from me. I can see your excitement of like, what are we going to do on this day? We're going to have a party. Um, I want to believe that I will feel the ultimate freedom and I will have no ill feelings about revenge or wishing there was something I could have done or that I won't give any time, attention or energy to the job I had, the people I worked with, and that I could just live well. But 
I don't know if that's how it goes, but I'm going to have a party anyways. <laughs> and if I can say an, a note on revenge, I mentioned that we would, would talk about this. To those who say that the best revenge is living well, oh man, I hope you're right. Um, I would love to join you over there, the camp where you are totally fine hanging out with your ex-boyfriend or your chums with the boss who laid you off simply because you have this glorious life and you're living well, but I'm not there. Instead, I'm focused on the best thing I've ever heard about revenge, which is that the ultimate revenge is forgetting how much this used to matter to me. <laughs> revenge is, is letting my hurt and my sadness and disappointment just be and to forget how much it destroyed me and still hurts me so maybe that day will come um one day i don't want this to matter as much to me but until then i'm really letting it shape who i am the work i do with other people the people i surround myself with and how i can help others who have been through this to me there is there is a lot of pain and hurt in losing something that you love but there is a lot of comfort in knowing that you're not alone and the more i talk about it the more people come out of the woodwork and share, hey, I got laid off too and I didn't know how to talk about it or what do I do? It is more common than people think because it's something that is surrounded by so much shame. And I'm here to openly and proudly say, I was laid off, let me tell you about it. It's my favorite story. It's a story that I've heard many times and I never get tired of hearing it. I am proud to call you my friend and I love you. And I think that you are so right that by telling people what, a, what an awful experience it was that you threw up on the side of the road, <laughs> yeah. that I, it's, this is important. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of you sharing this story with our listeners today. So thank you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. On that note, I invite you to share. If you've been laid off or not, you don't have to have lost your job to be part of this club. This club is a, we're a place that looks at losing and turning it into winning. So tell me about a time that you felt like you lost, but really ended up coming out on top. And I will keep you posted if my former boss listens to this and offers me a big ass apology. I am not counting any chickens, but I will, of course, keep you posted. Um, please share with us on Instagram. We would love to hear your stories, join you in the, the challenges and in the comfort and in really creating a community of people who sometimes losing sucks, but winning feels so damn good. All right. Thank you so much for sharing, AW. I just thank you. Thank you again. And I look forward to seeing the losses that turned into wins come through on Instagram. And today's WWAWD came via Instagram from listener Kim, who says, like so many others, I'm now working from home. 
I already have a bit of nerves when doing presentations in front of people in real life, but I'm way more nervous doing them via Zoom. I thought it would be easier, but it's just not. I get really sweaty and clammy and my mouth goes dry. I know that you do a lot of speaking gigs online and in person. Do you have any tips to share? Over to you, AW. Kim, this is a great question. And I would love to debunk the idea that just because it's on Zoom, it should somehow be easier. My partner is a professor and he's saying it's so much harder teaching online than being in the classroom. And what we've really found is that you don't get the same amount of feedback or engagement. At least when you're in person, people put their phones away and there's often some person in the audience who's nodding their head or smiling or giving you those nonverbal cues saying like, keep going, you got this. And I find that that's really missing in Zoom. One of the things I do as a fellow sweaty person is I try to build moments in during that presentation where I can check for engagement and understanding. So when you're trying to get through the nerves, I like to have a level of preparation that isn't all of the sentences written out because that will just tempt you to read from your screen or from the page, but not have such loose notes that you can't follow a thread. So for me, it's about finding that middle ground of, okay, I know this point so well that I can see a bullet point that says this one idea and now I know where to trace it. So for example, even in this podcast script, I had written out, when I got laid off, I felt like blank, because that was enough of a cue to get me speaking naturally. So I really think that the more you practice, the more you can really know what you're talking about, you can bring some of that anxiety down. And like I mentioned, finding ways to check for understanding my best tools in Zoom is to say, give me a head nod if you're on the same page as me, or give me a thumbs up. I ask for those visual clues. Even in Zoom, they have built-in functions like the clap function or the thumbs up. So I often ask people for that. And sometimes it's about setting rules too. So I know that some people don't like to have their cameras on or they don't like their audio on. And for me, I'm most engaged when I'm like audio on, camera on, I like to pretend I'm actually in a physical space. So doing it via Zoom, take the things that do work for you in real life and add some engagement, some feedback, some formality to let's make sure that everyone is still on board. And let's not forget this is a challenge for everyone. So cut yourself some slack. This is hard for all of us as we're in our nice tops and our sweatpants and hearing animals and kids and spouses in the background. It's still a challenge. So it is okay if you are not your best self every single time. Give yourself some credit. That's a great answer. Thank you, AW, for that. And good luck, Kim. We're all navigating this new normal and i hope that this advice helps you out thank you so much for submitting your question we want more questions for wwawd you can submit them via instagram or you can visit theamandawagner.com and submit your question via the contact info there brilliant thank you everyone for joining us today this was a 
different sort of episode with definitely a lot more emotion. I'm counting about six crumpled Kleenexes next to me on the desk. Thank you for listening to this incredibly personal story. And let's have a great party on April 20th, 2021. Please think of me on August 3rd. If you have a particular day that you want to turn from a tragedy into a celebration, tell us about it on Instagram and we will be here cheering you on, celebrating with you. In the meantime, as one more way to celebrate just how far I've come and we've come in this adventure, leave us a review for the podcast. This is something that I decided to do. We are coming up on our one year anniversary and we would love to hear what you think. Please follow along with us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner, sign up for the monthly newsletter at theamandawagner.com and leave us a five-star review on the podcast. If you love it, we would love to hear what's working for you so we can do more of it. We will be back with a brand new episode in two weeks. Until then, we will see you on the internet.